Hello there and welcome to the Sound of the Loons podcast presented by Alina Health Orthopaedics. Callum Williams, as always, alongside Kendra D. St. Aubin. Very special podcast for you today because what we're going to do is we're going to recap the roster movement so far for Minnesota United in the first segment. And then moving on, you might have heard in just a couple of days' time, the biggest event sport has to offer, the FIFA Men's World Cup, is just around the corner. And to help Kendra and I preview the World Cup, we're joined by two very experienced footballing heads. Uh, Manny Lagos of Minnesota United, alongside their head coach, Adrian Heath. Guys, thanks so much for joining. How are we? It's been a while. I'm good. I'm all good, Cal. Excited for the World Cup and uh, resting up, shall we say. Looking forward <laughs> to uh, what's coming. Yeah, I, I'm good. I, I would be a little bit more kind of in the calm before the storm because it's such a weird year where it's after our season, in the middle of the European season. I don't think it's quite hit me yet that there's a World Cup in five days. And the fact I, I must, that Qatar doesn't know. Yeah, it, it, it's literally just hit me today. I, I'm starting to get excited now. I'm getting texts from a few people, as I'm sure we all are. It, it's really starting to hit me. Ecuador against Qatar is the opening game on Sunday. Kendra, how, how are things with you? How was MLS Cup? It looked like it was crazy. It was crazy. And I, you know, it was nice to start out with the Eastern Conference final first because it kind of got me ready for what was going to be the final, regardless of where it was going to be. But yeah, it was nuts. It was crazy. It was probably more than anybody uh, could have imagined it would be. And I heard all sorts of stories about, you know, even the production truck talking about, oh, they already had the whole script written for the post game show with Philadelphia winning and who was going to be man of the match. And then all of a sudden they have to, you know, it's just like a writer. You got to rewrite everything. It was, it was nuts. And then for Gareth Bale to come on and finishing that mom I mean, it was just like you couldn't have written it up any crazier um based on our conversations with like steve trundolo saying he was healthy ready fully fit could play you know no problems doesn't have any issues they just weren't playing him but he's still um capable of a moment of brilliance and that's exactly what he did so now i'm ready for the world cup I seen all the think, commercials hey kendra i don't think any british person who's obviously watched gareth bale sort of grow if you like and seen what he's done with real madrid the minute he come on the field, I'm sitting, I'm in a this tiny little room in, in, in France, I think I am, or Belgium watching a game. And now all of a sudden we've got like six or seven waiters behind us. And mm-hmm. I think Harrison said to me, it's it's made for bail. It just, it's what he does. He comes on and scores a goal. And it was, uh, it was incredible. Um, the finale, the box office, but that's been Gareth Bale's career. He's done it with Real Madrid. He does it with Wales all the time. And, you know, it, it didn't surprise me, I've got to say. I, I thought even it surprised me just because he had been so irrelevant for so many months. So uh, credit to Adrian there where I got a little bit like, nah, he, he, he hasn't been playing. There's no way. And then not only the goal, but the way he scored it in terms of just the what he is. He's an athletic machine. And he, yeah. you know, got ahead of Elliot. By who is what six five as well and just yeah, incredible yeah. incredible leap yeah great great finish yeah it was, it, was, it was a great final and you did really yeah. well, Kendra so congratulations yeah. 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 thank you I appreciate it. it was fun to be there and uh you know like we said it's watch out um England and USA with Wales in the group yeah <laughs> fail Mike yeah. and have a moment of brilliance yeah absolutely and we'll get to that a little bit later on um before we move on by the way Kay I believe you owe me a rather frothy coffee after our sort of Little off-record bets. Uh, you said Philly, I said LAFC, so I look forward to that next time I see you. All right, we're getting off track. Um, 
let's focus on Minnesota United then, shall we? Um, it was released just a couple of days ago, uh, the list the, the players that, that weren't retained and will move on to pastures new. So let me ask you about a couple of these players then, Adrian, and, and why it was that you felt it was necessary to, to move on. Let, let's start with this group, shall we? Tyler Miller, Ja'Cory Hayes, Nico Hansen. These are all first-team MLS players, Adrian. So, so what went behind the decision to remove them from the roster? Well, we, we're still in negotiations with Tyler. We would like to bring him back. Um, I think everybody's been aware that for the last three years, the, the, uh, the salary cap has not changed. In that time, players' contracts do change and they get rises and their money goes up. And, you know, I think it's one of them occasions where I, I looked yesterday at all the people who have been released and there was some of them where you raise your eyebrows, you go, oh, I'm surprised at that. And talking to most of the coaches and the people who, who are connected with all the other clubs, a lot of them is not because of the player's ability, not because that you don't like him. It's just because the, that the numbers that these players are going on the following season just makes it really impossible to you to keep everybody in, in the cap. And um, a few of our decisions have been made on purely and simply on the fact that we can't fit everybody in on the numbers that they're going to be sort of um, that is in their contracts for the following year. Um, you know, that I, I, I say it every year, Cal, when people leave the club, it's never a personal decision. You know, I, I can, I can cope with players, whether you, you know, you, obviously you, you get a bit more of a relationship with one player than the other, but th these are never decisions that are made purely and simply because it's, you don't like a player nine times out of 10, you know, it's because of the, the financials and you're trying to fit everything in. If we could bring Tyler back on, on less money and give him more years, then we would do that in a heartbeat. But at the moment he's, he's going to quite rightly, he's going to be put himself out there and see what's out there for him. And, um, you know, the, the same with a lot of the other guys, you know, remain Matinair has been, you know, we love R remain at this football club. He's, he, he became an old, old league player playing in the all-star game with us, but you know, he hasn't played for a year and we're trying to negotiate with remain to get him on a number that would be happy for everybody. But at this moment we can't do that. So it's, uh, it's a difficult situation. It's never easy, Cal, but we do it ultimately with the, 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 with the aim of making sure it's right for the club. When you look specifically at a player like Tyler and you're talking about different moves in salary cap and looking at other players that you know teams have released or now teams that might be free agents, some of the names that are out there, when you see a player like Tyler, who is a starting you know, caliber goalie, but now you have a young player like Dane St. Clair, who's clearly moved up the ranks, showed himself well now with Canadian national team. How do you balance that? Even just you want competition in your squad, but sort of the mental, emotional piece of it. Well, I, I think you look at the positive. You know, for a couple of years, we had two great goalies that pushed each other and helped the team do really well and helped make us make the playoffs two years in a row. And they both did. They both contributed. And I, I think Adrian's point about the reality of this offseason, um, and we've talked about it, it's a big offseason. We, we have to kind of recalibrate in terms of how are we going to try to uh, get better than we were last year. Um, and, you know, the, the first kind of moves here are making those tough decisions that have to be financial and have to kind of leave the roster open to making new moves. So I just echo Adrian's sentiments about um, – Tyler and the service he's been to the club and what he has been and that he still would love to bring him back. But the reality of the current 
scenario is untenable for us to now really try to build out the rest of the roster to be competitive. So ultimately, you, you know, great player, great kid who really contributed a lot. Um, and, you know, there is some glimmer of hope that he, he might be able to come back, but ultimately um, it's a big off season, which is why we're on the podcast and, and we're trying to get the yeah. roster better. I think it's strange because I, I probably, one of the questions I got asked the most since I've been at this football club is why did you let Christian Ramirez leave? And it was exactly the same. Christian was the guy who had more interest for other teams within the league than any of their players. But on the back of that, we bought Icapara in, we bought Ozzy Alonso in, and we, 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 so you have to give and take sometimes. And it's not always about the ability of the player or do you like this guy or don't like this guy. Sometimes it's about, well, what can we do, which is beneficial for everybody. And, uh, and sometimes, you know, people get disappointed along the way with that. So what about a couple of players at the other end of the roster, arguably? And, and, and Manny, I'll start with you here, particularly given the significant minutes that these players played for MNUFC 2, the likes of Justin McMaster, Nabilai Kibanguchi and Abu Dunladi. Um, what, why was the decision made to release them from the contracts? Well, again, I, I, I think this is more of a, a club thing where we really have to be smart about um, how we're building out the back of our roster. Um, ultimately, um, I think the staff has done a great job of, of making sure that we're competitive every year. I think um, it's a massive offseason where we have to get better, and it's not just about getting starters better, and it's not just about the base of players who, who have the bulk of minutes. Um, there's no doubt you're going to have injuries every year, and we have to be aspirational in terms of what does the, the entire scope of the roster get look like and what can we get out of everybody on the roster? And right now, I think the turnover is there because we want to try to get better. We want to try to have more depth than we did last year. We want to try to have a little bit more impact players off the bench. Um, and ultimately, uh, that's the similar to Tyler becomes tough decisions where you're investing some time in these guys and it's just not quite hitting, you know, and, and I think the second team is an example of us sometimes getting more look at guys and probably quicker coming to that realization that they may be not the right fit for us here. Um, and by the way, Adrian does a good job of saying it. Um, there might be another environment where they're the right fit yeah. and might do well. And, and he, we, we wish him the best, but ultimately, um, you know, I, I do think, you know, we have to be, make sure we're really pushing particularly this year uh, that we get more out of, out of the entire roster. Um, cause it, it, it probably would be arguably one of the areas that we, we fell a little bit short was just having enough depth to really push through impact players. Yeah. Impact players, the adverse moments of the season when we had some injuries and we, we just, you know, didn't quite have, have it all there. We got to find some, some more depth, a little bit different makers, people yeah. who come off the bench and give us a different look. You know, I, I, I think we were very much of a muchness at times when I look at it and you know, that them, that them kids have all got ability. The ones you've just mentioned, Cam. Uh, Cal, and I just think that that you know it's an area of the club that we we started to invest in last year, the second team. We think we're going to be stronger and better in that area next year, and we're looking at certain types of players. And um, no, I, I think Manny briefly touched on it that we wish them all really, really. We hope. I always say to the players when I speak to them, I hope you come back and embarrass me, and that you go and get a career that 
that, that you want because we, we don't make these decisions lightly and we don't make them, you know, we, we're always thankful of the people who've come in and, and given us what they've given us and uh, them three are no different. You know, AZ Jackson, you know, as he'll, everybody said, well, well, I can't believe you've let him go, but we think that in Cameron Dunbar, we've, we've upgraded and we got a bit of money for AZ and, you know, it's, you're always making decisions that ultimately you're hoping that makes the the first team stronger and the de- the depth of the squad better. Really quick, if there's a way in layman terms, in a brief thirty second summary, to say how the roster is made up when when Manny you reference the back end of the roster and sort of how the roster in MLS works in the position you know one through whatever. Can you can you summarize that for people that might be listening to the podcast that are just saying, well, why didn't you keep this guy? Why didn't you keep how how the roster is sort of broken down with players that you can have in different parts? Um, I I mean it's probably longer than a thirty second answer just because <laughs> even the the history of how we got the 31, 32 ish is unique. When Premier League's at I think twenty five, so it's probably a little bit more complex than that. But you have a senior roster spots, and then you have supplemental roster spots, and then you have homegrown spots. So. Ultimately, you know, MLS is trying to create a roster uh, mechanism that has young and older guys, has veterans, has an ability to have you certain price points for your cap and what you're trying to do. Um, and then that all weighs into how you're back into the roster. I, I think if we're on a podcast, some of the interesting things I like to point out to people about, like in terms of your first team roster doing really well, typically between 16 and 19 players usually really contribute to significant minutes in a roster. Um and even on a bad year, ironically, it's actually more. You're up at like 19 to 21. So ultimately, I think the things Adrian and I are kind of speaking about today is really trying to get and get players who we think are going to be impact players, or they prove to become starters, or whether they prove to be off the bench, they're really ready to go. And I think that's somewhat of what this offseason is about, is really trying to get better in areas that, that we struggled last year. And, and again, um, yeah, there are some starters that struggle, but really a lot of our area where we weren't quite consistent as we wanted to be, this is the word Adrian's used a lot, is um, in terms of having that value off the bench. Uh, Adrian, was it a, a tough one for you personally to see Abu Dunladi leave the club for a second time? Yeah, um, I think, you know, everybody knows what I think of Abu. I love him as a kid. Um, I think he's one of the best kids I've ever met in football. And, um, you know, he's got a great story coming from Africa, et cetera. But I, I, I think that, it, that Abu was at a real crossroads now. And, you know, we had a really lengthy discussion when he left. Um, he, he's got to start to regain some confidence in, him, in himself and his body. And if he does, he has, a, uh, he has a chance. You know, I always refer to the fact that when he was the number one pick, we could have we traded that pick for virtually every team in the, in the MLS. And they would have all taken Abu Dunladi because that's how highly he was thought of coming out of college. And uh, it's not quite worked for him. I hope the second time round it would have worked and it's not worked the way that he thought, but certainly the way I thought it would have done. And um, no, it's it, 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 the kids at a crossroads. He, as I say, he has to get start to get a belief in, in himself and in, in his body to give himself a chance to be what he can be. But uh, I hope it happens for him because I, I, I love the kid. Yeah, it is a nice reminder of the margins of success in this game are, are insane. You know, if your mind and your body are not thriving at 100%, uh, it is just really hard. And, um, you know, from from afar and then close up to see Abu, um, you know, come back and, and then just have this really nice hopeful potential and, and, and just not quite being able to kind of 
connect the the physical and mental side and and just at the level that you know he needs to, to excel yeah. is tough because if he does it we all know what he would be he would yeah. be a superstar um so it's it's a tough one yeah you mentioned him a little earlier on briefly um if you wouldn't mind before we move on to players that are coming in and potentially remaining at the club um let's talk about Roman Metanier and what he's meant to the football club and in particular, you, Adrian, because I know it's somebody that you saw several times before bringing him to Major League Soccer. Um, it, it just seemed as though injuries got the better of him in the end. Yeah, I've, I've got to congratulate you on your pronunciation there, Cal. You're very, very French, I've got to say. Ooh, la, 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 Yeah, yeah. They'll come in and there's a bit of a, a, a throat in there and everything. Very good. Um, yeah, unfortunately, you know, it's been a... The last 18 months have not been great for Romain and... Um, you know, another kid that we we bought in and who did fantastic for us was great value for money. I think was a great person within the building, great teammate. Everybody likes him within the club. And we we spoke to him, him and his agent about trying to restructure a deal that would be beneficial for all of us. And we couldn't come to a an agreement with that. But you know, he's another one. I just hope he gets himself fit and healthy. You know, he's had a. I think he played 22 minutes in total for us last year. And obviously he was on a big number in terms of the salary cap, you know, pulling that in the salary cap for somebody who, who hasn't played really for a year. So very difficult decision, not never easy, but uh, I just hope he gets himself fit and healthy because he's been, you know, he's he's probably written himself in the folklore of the, the history of what Minnesota United has become in this very short period. When you specifically talk about Roma Metanier, and, and I can't do the pronunciation like Cal does, I try to work on all of them. He sends me them every week, and I still can't get it down. But when you look then at who filled in for right back, and I know we're talking a lot about players that didn't aren't coming back, or you know what the situation is. But when you look at what DJ Taylor did today, talking about some players that mm. filled into that right back position, which we thought I kind of felt like no one can replace Roma Metanier. No one is like for like for him. Mm-hmm. But when you saw what what DJ Taylor did, and then Alan Benitez, who clearly gives a different element and a a style to that right back position what do you make of their performances on the season I think one of the most one of the most pleasing aspects of last year for me was seeing the growth of DJ from a kid that we took a little bit of a chance on you know he was playing in the USL he's on league minimum he comes in and he eventually you know he beat Alan Benitez out of the position this is a guy who's played national football for Paraguay and I think that speaks volumes. You know, it's something that w- it was a, a reminder for us that there are players in the USL. And, you know, this year we we actually went and scouted that league a lot a lot more than we probably have done in the past on the back of the fact that DJ came in and, you know, a young guy, an American guy, and actually made the spot his own. And um, tested me for, for DJ because I thought he was I thought he was excellent last year. Remain was a very difficult position to fill because Remain, the way that we like to play, and you know, with inverted wingers and people coming inside, the fullbacks become an integral part of the attacking piece for this for for this team. And um, you know, Remain was unbelievably good at it. And then eventually, as the season wore on, I think DJ grew into that. Fair point. You think, Manny? Yeah, I mean, I I I think um, just thinking about uh, when Adrian had him. And and he played him a little bit last year and he played well, but then couldn't play consistently well. And I think Adrian addressed some, just some mental and physical kind of goals for him to have coming into this year. And he just, 
blew it out of the park from yeah. my, my view. And he, he showed up fit. He showed up hungry every game. He was ready to play for 90 plus minutes. Um, I think he became, uh, you know, one of our, the better one V one defenders in the league against yeah. any player, uh, which is unbelievable. Um, and then on the flip side though, I, I certainly think Adrian kind of is alluding to it. You're, there's only one Roman Mataner who can just run up and down the field all day in a more offensive way. Um, so you're, we just miss it, and we're, but yeah. like that's that's a reality. But there is a nice on the back end. You know, Adrian said having somebody like DJ who's really kind of you know taking control of that defensive side, especially and and then to be I think in the end he was getting up and down the field really well as well because he's become so fit. Um, he's yeah. probably Roman's been a pretty good mentor for him. Yeah, and, and he as I say the the. the the final third of the field for these attacking fullbacks is very, very important. And I think DJ started to actually have an input. You know, he had a couple of goals. He had some really good crosses that got us goals in the end. So, uh, no, he had a really good year and um, he has to build on that now. Talking of goals, the player that scored the last goal of the regular season for Minnesota United was Jonathan Gonzalez on loan from Monterrey. What's the situation there, Adrian? Jonathan is a player that obviously came in, was a great acquisition because not only on the field, off the field, obviously bilingual. He's, you know, obviously everybody knows his Mexican background, but he's, you know, he speaks perfect both languages. So he was a, he was in a really integral part of the dressing room. We would like to bring him back. The, the issue is he's he's playing for one of the biggest clubs in South America, you know, he's playing for Monterey. He's, he's uh, extremely well paid down there. They want good money for him. He has a year left on his contract. If we could br bring him back on favorable terms, we would do it. Um, the problem is that their favorable terms are not there at this moment in time. So it, it's been an ongoing uh, uh, dialogue. But at this moment, it's, uh, it's not looking particularly good in terms of bringing him back. Okay, well, let's focus on players that will be coming back and, and in particular new faces as well uh, momentarily. Josef Rosales, to my understanding, Adrian, it's a done deal to bring him back to the club on a permanent basis. What, what can you tell us about that particular acquisition? Yeah, well, obviously, we, we, we've got big hopes of Josef. You know, he's a young kid, left-footed, got a great appetite for the game, um, wants to run around, wants to tackle. Um, we still think the best years are ahead of him. He's still developing into where we don't really know where his best position is yet. But uh, no, we, we've got a deal in place that uh, that we, we are hopefully, at, well, we, we are trying at this moment in time to sort of activate all the clauses and uh, Joseph will be back with us next year, which is something that we were, we, we were really keen on doing. You mentioned it there. I just want to, uh, build on that a little bit, what his best position is. And last year there was an overload in the center midfield position and the holding mid position, especially when Robin slid in there. So yeah. is that part of the intrigue of him that he has some flexibility? Now you're, you know, you're losing a couple of the center midfielders in Ja'Cory Hayes and we could go on a couple others, but is that sort of the intrigue of him is that there's depth in the ability for him to play multiple positions? I, I think the trick under the intrigue is more that he's, doesn't need to do everything right away that we have this young up and coming kid. You've got older experienced veterans like Will Trapp and even load now who play in the midfield. And you, you've got a middle veteran in like Ariaga now who's um, tough. And you've got a young guy who can do play a lot of roles uh, for the team and for Adrian in that 
you know, we're not talking about him and having to be a starter right away. We're talking about a young kid who's got a lot of potential. And I think the value is more about, um, and a little bit about Jonathan too, that this part of the field is very much, you know, have a good mixture of younger and older players and potential and guys that should step in. So ultimately, um, you, you know, he, I think he's in a great spot because if he's part of the conversation of these other players who are kind of like, you know, starters, that means Joseph is is on a good path to be maybe being a starter someday. So for me, um, it's not necessarily about him um, having to be plugged and played around. I think he's part of what we think is a strength of the team for next year, which is which is the center midfield spots. I think also as well that that, that ties into the fact that you make them decisions with the likes of Jacory A's where you can go, okay, you know, as 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 great as Jacory's been for us and a, a great kid as he is, we we can make that decision knowing that over the last year, eighteen months, Josie Perzolas has grown into the p- position where you go, we we're going to play him and it's not a problem. So we no, we we we'll bring Josie back and uh, as Manny just alluded to there, we you know we're trying to get him on this path now of of developing because he's playing for the Honduran national team. And we think there's a lot more there to come. He's got a nice bite about him. Adrian always says, and it's true. Like you guys, maybe not in games too. Like yeah, he, he has an anger in him. That... He, he'll, he'll kick anybody. I didn't care if you're a superstar or if you're just, he'll, he'll do that. So um, you guys just threw me for a loop too, because it, it's another uh, player that's leaving the club that I think has put a lot on and off the field and is a great person and has done so much for the community. Ja'Cory Hayes, yeah. I think does deserve a shout out. Um, he, he's been a great, great club member. I mean, and just an every great ambassador, great ambassador, yeah. great leader in terms of just every day, bringing a smile and, and just, you know, there's so many elements that we do these shows and we, we forget cause we're, 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 we're so into kind of thinking about what's going to happen and how we have to get better that you guys even remind us, you know, Jacory, uh, a huge shout out for what he's done for the club. And, on you, and, and some, at times, money as well, you forget yeah. that the, the part of, you know, we're, we're all preoccupied with the game on a Saturday, but you, you, you forget what these people bring yeah. day in, day out to the club. Yeah. And obviously, it's it, people don't see it on the outside, but we do. Mm-hmm. And that makes the decision even that much more difficult when you have to go, listen, we're not going to pick your option up. I, I feel worse then I know they do. Like Jacory was, okay, great. And thank you for everything. I'll move on and get on with my career. Like I've not slept for two nights because I've got to tell him that the next day that we're not picking his option up. And it's, you know, so it's, uh, as I say, it's not, it's not easy when these players come in and, and do what they've done. But as Manny said, that Jacory is an, an incredible uh, young man. And it's, it's, a credit to his family and everybody. Really, it really does. Gets the most out of out of every inch of how he works and what he does. And then a fun fact, he's one of my favorite players that tucks his shirt in every single game. So <laughs> he's I'm absolutely sure he's a super tucker. Really shorts up really high. I so, actually yeah. did say to him last year, what what size chest are them shorts that you've got? <laughs> <laughs> hey, just be happy that he can still tuck because there's gonna be a point in his life where he doesn't tuck anymore, and that's usually a sign. You know, like you yeah, see, yeah, no yeah. offense to like a Bruce Arena on the sideline or anything, but you're not tucking your short anymore. I'm not going there, <laughs> I know you weren't going to, but I will. Jacory, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a, a top human being as well. He'll be picked up short. If I'm St. Louis, I'm all over somebody like him for sure. And we, we wish to Corey Hayes the best for sure. Um, you mentioned earlier on, Adrian, about you were looking at USL Championship level after the success of DJ Taylor. I'm assuming that's where the signing of Cameron Dunbar has come. He was playing with LA Galaxy 
two last year, 12 goals in USL Championship. And this is a yeah. player you're really confident can contribute next season. Yeah, and we, we, we have, you know, we have people within LA Galaxy who we, we, we have good relationships with. And um, when it became a, a, apparent that he may become available, it was something that we'd, we'd you know, I, I know looking from the outside, you never, you never quite know, Cal, what players are like and what kids are like when you see them until you work with them. But we made a lot of inquiries about him and the same, same thing came back all the time. You know, a little bit surprised that the Galaxy would listen to um, offers for him. A little bit surprised that he might become available. You know, he's playing in the highest level outside of MLS that you can play in in, in America. Scored 12 goals. He's a young kid. He's, he's played 18 games for one of the marquee clubs within the league. And, and for us, it was a no-brainer. You know, I I know that, you know I from from listening from listening to people and from looking at some of the mail that I've had, one or two people were surprised that Ezeel Jackson was allowed to leave. But we just felt that one in, one out, and we we feel as though, you know, that for us it was the right deal. And um, you know, I I I have big hopes for the kid. I think he's going to be a player who could. I think Manny alluded to it a little bit earlier about having people on the bench that can give us a different different look when they come on the field. And this kid's one of them. You know, he's he's a bit of an old-fashioned kid. He's a dribbler. He can get the ball one-on-one and go by people. So, you know, we, we feel as though with his age and his and uh, what he's done so far, it was a, it, it's been a really good pickup for us. Real, real quick question. I know Cal was going to go to different, but you made me just think about that. When you said he's an old-fashioned dribbler, was that, was that something maybe – is that missing, like a, a someone who can break the lines with pace, with the ball on their foot? I mean, Ray is phenomenal with the ball at his feet. You know, Robin's got a different style, but somebody who's not just like running behind the lines like a mender, but somebody who can actually break the lines with the ball at their foot kind of a thing. I, I don't think it's even with us, Kendra. I think in, in the game, the worldwide game, you know, the, with the advent of Barcelona playing tiki-taka football, everybody passes the ball really, really quickly. Actually... You know, an old-fashioned dribbler, a wide guy, a winger who gets it and can beat people one-on-one is now is becoming a rarity. And I think if you look at the people who can do it, which is like some Messi and these people, that's why they go for the most money because everybody's incredibly well-organized these days with their, whether it's a five, whether it's a four and the bank of four or four and five in front of them. It's difficult. So when you get people who can actually pick up the ball and beat people one-on-one, you know, I think they w- they are going to be different makers. And I think, and even in the World Cup, I know we're going to get on to the World Cup, but the guys that we will invariably talk about are the guys who can make things happen. And when that ball's at the feet, they can beat people and they can make things happen. And I think, you know, you look at the U.S. with Pulisic, et cetera, these, these players make a difference. And this kid, this kid's a little bit different than what we've had. Before we go to break, then, uh, there were a couple of images that surfaced on social media over the course of the last couple of weeks. Uh, and it seemed to identify, Adrian, that you were out scouting in Europe. You've already mentioned you were in France, and there were various other countries that you were out scouting in. Um, what are the, the hopes over the course of the next couple of weeks? Then, are, are we close to seeing any other new additions for Minnesota? What, what can you tell us? Yeah, I think, you know, we, we're obviously with the, the Bassi's injury, and we're still very much a question mark of when we think or when Debassi would be available to us. So centre-back is an area, obviously with Matanair 
and O'Neill Fisher leaving us that fullback position is a position of interest. Um, I I watched, I think I watched nine games in seven days with, you know, afternoon games and everything with a lot of travel. And we certainly saw one or two players that we think would be beneficial towards if we could bring them in. So, yeah, we, we, we're, we're obviously looking. We know that there's maybe three, four, maybe even five positions that we would like to strengthen and get better in. And we're hopeful of doing that in the next uh, couple of months before we start. Okay, wonderful. What we'll do is we'll take a short break and next up we'll feature the FIFA Men's World Cup, which kicks off in just a few days. Stay with us on the Sound of the Loons podcast. Injury takes you out of the game. It's time for your team to step up. At Alina Health Orthopaedics, you'll get expert care backed by a whole health system of providers. With convenient locations, virtual options, and an app that gives you 24-7 access to your records, test results, and care team, you're always close to the care that you need. Schedule now at alinahealth.org. And welcome back to the Sound of the Loons podcast. Right then, we've spoken all things domestic football. Now it's time for international football. And as we've said several times, the biggest event sport has to offer. We'll talk all things World Cup. We'll go through each group. And I'll ask each of you to identify two teams you think that will qualify out of each group. We'll also identify a star player from each group. I'll ask you a finalist. I'll ask you a winner. We'll go in depth and talk about Canada. We'll talk about the USA's opening game uh, against Wales, the USA against England. I'm sure that'll cause uh, some intriguing conversation as well. Lots to talk about in the second segment of the podcast. So uh, let's start with you then, Adrian Heath. Group A of the World Cup, Ecuador, Netherlands, Qatar, Senegal. Which two teams progress and who's your star player of Group A? Oof. Um, well, you put me on the spot there. I didn't know we were going to start like this, Cal. But um, <laughs> uh, Ecuador are going to be better than a lot of people think. Um, I think Senegal will be the best African nation. I think the fact that Mane is not available for maybe the first two games is going to be huge for that particular group. Um, I think it will be interesting to see the refereeing. I don't want to be a cynic here, but Qatar being in that group, that will be very interesting to see how that goes. Um, but you would, you, I personally would think that uh, Ecuador and uh, Holland will get through that group. Manny, um, I, I just think the hosts, uh, they came here and, and played a little bit. We got to see a couple games here. Manny, they I, can't be Ecuador. They I, can't be Holland. And I know, not I know the levels is not as great as a CONCACAF, but I, I have a sneaky feeling that they're going to surprise some people. I, I think I've got Qatar and Netherlands going through. Um, Qatar are beating Ecuador and Senegal. Yeah. That's what you were saying. Or they're going to get a couple ties, you know, in a win. Yeah. yeah. I, I went down the referee route because <laughs> that's their best chance. But uh, um, no, it'll be interesting. But, you know. The, the Dutch always bring players, don't they? You know, whatever we think. And um, 
you know, they got a, they they bought some one or two young players through, but I think that Ecuador, you know, you look at the kids um who were playing for Brighton, the uh, the left back and uh, Caicedo in midfield and and it's an area the, the, of the world that we have scouted quite extensively and there are a lot of really good players there. I think Ecuador and Holland will get out of that group and I think Ecuador might be a surprise if they 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 get it all together. Okay, Kendra I'm going. I'm going Ecuador and, and Netherlands. I'm. I'm same. I just feel like uh, Qatar. I'd love to play the emotional favorite there um, with the home country, but it doesn't happen very often. And I just don't think this is going to be. This is going to be the the tournament for them. So that's. What, I'm going to go the same. What, about you, gonna, what are you thinking? He always tries well, to get out of having an opinion. He's not getting out of it. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Try my best, but no, I'm going to go uh, Netherlands and Senegal go through. Um, and can I just point out, I'm making a record of this. So when you're all wrong, you can buy me a cup of coffee. Um, <laughs> also, the one thing that I want to get to uh, your opinions on, who do we think is going to potentially be the star player in that group? Um, so for, for me, Cody um, Hackball uh, from, from PSV Eindhoven has scored a bucket load of goals uh, in domestic football over the last 18 months or so. He's 23. I think this is going to be a really good group stage for him. Um, Adrian, where, where do you go with regards to that? Well, you do, and um, he's 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 obviously you know he's been heavily linked with the big clubs in England, which, which normally happens, and um, the people with all the big money, Chelsea, and I think Man United have been mentioned with him. So he's obviously very very talented. The the great thing about the World Cup, and I think this is really the exciting part, is there's always somebody that we don't know, and you know, is there somebody at Senegal that we are we're not really really uh, aware of who's going to break out and come and be the star of the show. So I think that I, I look at Ecuador, they're so young, they're so athletic, they're so physically um, powerful. I just can't see them not getting out of the group, Cal. I really can't. So, uh, yeah, Manny's gone for Qatar, which is, a, by the way, if that comes off, fair dues to Manny. Yeah, yeah, I like it. That's why I take those picks. But no, I, I, I just think between the home, they have a, They've had a, a lot of uh, Brazilian players who kind of um, got citizenship there. I think oh, they've cheated, basically. That's yeah, what you're saying, money. Yeah. Technically, they've they've gotten citizenship, and I think they're. I I think um, who who's the uh, the number ten who's pretty creative? Um, yeah, um, I know. He's got I, the big hair. I can't remember his name. Yeah, yeah I know you I, mean. I really like him, but I I still think the star player is going to come from the Netherlands, and it could be a young guy, like you said, Cal, but. I think either Depay or Van Dyke will be the keys for them. You know, you just the you're right. The young players will add to it, but I think those two are probably the keys for me in that group. Okay, Kay, is there any particular player you think we should be looking at in Group A? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I just love to watch a good game. Like honestly, people ask me every week, "Oh, who's your team? Who's this? Who's that?" Like I just if if I get to watch a good game, that's that's all I'm looking for. And I can't wait for these watch parties. Already inviting the fam over the day after Thanksgiving. I heard USA England are playing. Huh. Yeah, well, uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to leave group uh, F and B until last. We'll save the best till last, shall Marks. we? Um, let, let's go to group C, shall we? Argentina, Mexico, Poland, Saudi Arabia. Uh, and in terms of the player that we think that might do well, we, we can't just say Messi because we know Messi's a superstar. We know, Everybody around the world knows who Lionel Messi is. Uh, so for me, Julian Alvarez, I think, is going to have a tournament to remember, particularly in this group stage. He scored bucket loads of goals for River Plate. He's now doing it for Manchester City. No Erling Haaland to get in the way. Norway, obviously, not in the tournament. Um, 
I've got Argentina, and I've actually got Poland going through. Gaffer, where do you go with this one? Give me the give me the group again. Mexico, yeah, Mexico and uh, Mexico, Argentina, I Mexico. Maybe recently, I I was quietly impressed with them. Well organized, obviously they like because of the money they've got. They've they've employed a lot of really good coaches, so they have got better. Um, I think that Mexico, as always, they they always. You know that the the players always really look like they enjoy playing for that country. Um, Argentina, obviously, this is make or break. I'm I'm a huge Argentinian football fan. I you know, probably more than anywhere else. I love watching their players. It's a huge game for Messi. It's a huge tournament for Messi. If Me- Messi ever wants to be categorized down in Argentina is better than Maradona. He has to deliver the ultimate prize, which is the World Cup. And I think they have a really good group. You know, Lotera Martinez, me and Manny actually watched him as a young kid playing for Racing. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. Our amazing game. And yeah. he was a sort of 17-year-old kid, and we both went, oh, my God, who's this kid? So <laughs> I think he's going to emerge. Like you said, Julian Alvarez is probably a better player than people thought. Um, so, yeah. I think that Poland very very strong, and if Lewandowski has a, a hot you know hot streak hot spell, he's you know still one of the greatest goal scorers in world football. So, yeah, I don't think I don't think you can go further than Poland and um, Argentina. And I, I you know I know we're going to get there, but I think Argentina are one of the favourites to win the whole tournament. So, Manny, would you agree with that in the sense that we're, we're all saying that Mexico aren't going to make it out of the group? No, I've got Mexico because okay. uh, Ooh, hey. I'm contrarian. This is the worst Mexican team I've ever seen since I've been alive. Um, they are clearly shouldn't be favorites. Poland looks really good. Uh, obviously, Argentina looks the best. So I, I, I think two things. I'm going to pick Mexico just because I love the drama. I, I think it's must-see TV. If you're a fan of soccer in, in, in this country, you know how much it means to the Mexicans. You know how much we're growing the sport in this country. And um, I just think the desperation is going to get them through. I don't know how. I think they're going to just fight and scrape and, and figure out a way. Um, and then, Cal, I'm just going to disagree with you. There is no – Adrian just said it best. I love, you know, the the star players besides Messi, but this group is all about Messi. This tournament is about his legacy. So the star player has to be Messi. Uh, and Adrian's right. I mean, if he wants to be considered uh, the greatest of all time, arguably, um, he needs to win this. I mean, for a lot of people, for him to do it. And um, he certainly maybe is the best talented, but not winning the World Cup, not carrying a team. Yeah. It's um, it's really strange, Manny, because we've been down there. Yeah. If you go down to Argentina, invariably the, you know, the, the comment comes, Maradona, is it Messi? And the, the conversation starts. And you, for them, for the people down there, he has to win. He has yeah. to deliver the World Cup. Yeah, it's not enough to win the Copa America or whatever it is. He has to deliver the World Cup to even be considered to be the heir apparent to Maradona. Yeah. So, but and they have the best team to do it. I mean, I I really like their goalie too. Sneakily, is to me one of the better goalies. His moxie and goal is really kind of, yeah. you know, I, I think has given them a good. Every identity. every player they have plays yeah. for the biggest clubs yeah, in the Santa world. Martinez has had a you great know, fall. He's played really well. Yeah. Uh, no, they, they they're going to be one of the favorites for sure. They they will certainly get out of this group. 
And I just think that Poland will be stronger than Mexico and they will get out as well. I love the fact that you said all the players they have played for the biggest club in biggest clubs in the world, especially after you mentioned Martinez there. Obviously ah, playing for Aston Villa. I know, um, talking about, he was talking about field players. He's talking about field players. <laughs> I'm actually slightly concerned as an Aston Villa fan that he will have the World Cup. We all expect him to, and somebody else is going to come calling him. We'll lose him, but that's another debate for another day. Uh, Kendra, you're two to advance in Group C. I'm going with Argentina and Poland, and I, I agree that I think um, – Messi has to bring Argentina World Cup trophy to really feel like he's surpassed Maradona. But I also feel like there's more solid team, you know, more teammates around him. Not that Argentina hasn't always been good, but I think there's less pressure on him in a different way. Pressure to bring it home, but also pressure, less pressure in the sense that he's been able to sort of step back a little bit. I don't know. He's playing with a freeness to me. We'll see once he gets to the World Cup, because sometimes he seems to shrivel up when he gets to the World Cup and he wears an Argentina jersey and there is so much pressure um, to be the, the, the star and carry that team. But we'll see. I think uh, I think this might be his year. And I, too, for sure, think uh, Argentina and Brazil are probably favorites to win it all. But, yeah, just I'm going to, Argentina just, and Poland. Just to add to this one, before they left, Fraga and Ray were adamant, adamant. Football's coming home to Argentina <laughs> this year. You know, they, wow. they think this is the best chance they've had for a long, long time. And... Uh, yeah, they probably probably is their best chance, I think. Uh, let's move on to Group D. Australia, Denmark, France, Tunisia. I have France and Denmark going through. Um, the player that I think is going to surprise a lot of people because there's no one Golo Kante because he's injured, remember. Uh, Aurelien Chouhameni of Real Madrid. I think he could very well have a breakout tournament. I know he's already had his breakout moment with Monaco and he's got that big money move to Real Madrid, but he's still in his early 20s. People yet to really see a lot of him. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're not watching La Liga, I think this could be a stage for him to really, really blossom. Uh, so I'm going to go France and Denmark. Gaffer, what about you? Um, yeah, obviously France, incredibly talented group. Mbappe, you know, is we all know what he's about. They're the, the, the holders. So that comes with its own pressure. Um, I think if France can keep it all together, you know, that traditionally they have internal issues, which they've had, you know, whether they get rid of the coach or they internally combust and that they can't get on with each other. So you would think France, and then you would just think Denmark have always incredibly well organized and sneakily have better players than people think. You know, I, I think that Australia will be very, very well organized and very athletic. And Tunisia always have players, they're individuals, but I can't really see outside of the, the, the big two, which would be Denmark and uh, France. And France will probably go as far as their front players go. You know, if Benzema comes alive, if Mbappe comes alive, is it Dembele from, Real Madrid, uh, from Barcelona who's, who suddenly looks like he's fit and healthy? If them front three come alive, France are going to be a formidable group to beat. Manny? Um, yeah, I, I don't have any upsets here. I, I think it's... I thought Manny was going to go with Tunisia winning the group <laughs> on, on what we've said so far. You know what I mean? No, I've got I've got France and Denmark, and I, I think I'm going to steal Adrian's word. I think sneakily Denmark is, is one of the secondary favorites. You know, you have, you have your big favorites. I, I think the Christian Eriksen story is amazing, but they have a lot of really good players. Obviously, you know, you saw how well they just did in the Euros. Um and then I think they like that seven, eight out of ten yes, all the time. All the time. Yeah. Really well organized, very athletic, well sneakily, and yep. you know, and and 
Yeah, they're, yeah. they're, they're going to be they're, – they're one of them teams that when you play them, you're going, oh, my God, it's Denmark. Yep. You don't know what you're going to get, but you know that they're going to be solid and well-organized and they have enough talent to hurt you if they play well. Yeah, I think they can make a run for sure. And then I think France is just – it's France is one of the – always the best drama things because if they unify and get together and it's really going to be awesome to see Benzema and Mbappe and how they kind of play together um, – it could be awesome, but it also... Well, they might not be speaking by the yeah, time the or, first game comes round. And yeah, or it, it could implode. implode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, the, that's the great thing about France. So they could easily win the World Cup and walk through it, or they could easily implode fight. and not get out of the group. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited. My, my star guy, again, Cal, and this is Benzema, just because he's done so well the last couple of years, and it seems like he's become even more of this, you, you know... You don't see him not getting along with Mbappe because it seems like he gets along with everybody. He almost, you thought he wasn't getting along with Vinicius at Madrid, and then now he's like elevating with Vinicius. So to me, uh, he he's my most fascinating player to see to see if he can still do it now that he got the ball the or can he do it at this level? Uh, they got this amazing team. Can they unify and, and make a huge run? Um, I, I, I got a story for you, Manny, and you like this one. <laughs> Talk about name dropping here. When we were in Orlando, Kaká was sitting in my office, and I said to him, Ricky, who's the best player you've ever played with? And I, you know, I, you're thinking Brazil, he's playing at Milan and everything. And he went, Kareem Benzema. <laughs> and Benzema was only 22, 23 then. Yeah. And I think that that was a real eye-opener for me, that the quality that the, this oh, yeah. guy must have. One of the best attacking players of all and, time for and, Brazil. Yeah. yeah. And then 10 years later, he's now breaking every record, got the Ballon d'Or. It's, it's it's strange. He's, he's I think he's been like a slow burner for everybody, but eventually we've all come to realize that Benzema has probably been a great player. Oh my gosh! I mean, he does and he does everything. To me, it's really for the good of the team. If he needs to score goals, he score goals. If he needs to move the yeah. ball, hold it up, yeah. or keep the ball moving. His skill is insane. So, you know, again, he hasn't quite done it at the national team level for a lot of controversial yeah. reasons. So this will be a. It's a huge World Cup for him, and I, I again, I think France is always must see TV. I mean, yeah. we we all know when they implode, uh, it's not just you know a slight implosion. It's great. It's it's, it's great awesome. to watch when yeah. France implode. I've got to say. Well, it's kind of uh, funny when when the roster came out and they were like, "What? They're so good. They only need twenty five players. They don't even need twenty six. You know, until they added the twenty six. And of course, someone goes down with an injury in training. But I was I thought that was kind of funny that like the arrogance of France. They're just so good. They don't even need twenty six on their roster. Yeah, they're incredibly uh, talented, big group. Yeah. Where, so where are you going with this one, Kay, with Group D? I'm going Denmark and France. No surprise. Okay, so let's start with you then in Group E then, Kay. It's Costa Rica, Germany, Japan, and Spain. Um, my star player, uh, Jamal Musiala, who is um, just 19 years of age, uh, now doing ever so well with, with Bayern. Uh, I think this could be a tournament to remember from him, at least a group stage to remember him uh where do your eyes focus here who's going through i've got germany and spain same germany and spain i just think um from a powerhouse standpoint i mean i know um japan and, and costa rica i don't know is our good friend francisco calvo on the costa rican roster or did he not make it this year? no he made it he made it <laughs> so uh you know there'll, there'll be a little bite to costa rica but i'm going with germany and spain that's those are my picks to go through okay uh manny yeah it's germany and spain yeah, I mean it's the traditionals. Um, I, I'm not sure if I should just so quickly say that without mentioning Japan, just because of what they right. did in the U.S. And mm -hmm. I think they're like Denmark, sneakily really, really good. Mm -hmm. um, 
I just have trouble going against those two big powerhouses this time. I think, I think, I think though, if there's ever a vulnerability for both those countries, they are transitioning some of their younger players in now. So they, they might not be ready to kind of really compete at the world cup the way they usually do. Um, and so I really want to give Japan a great shout and give them credit. But at the end of the day, I think I have to go with Germany and Spain. And I don't, if from a star player standpoint, oh man. I mean, again, Cal, you're going with all these young guys. I'm going with like the veterans that need to do well. I think Goretzka has to do really well for Germany to really do well. Um, he, he's just got to be all over the field, all over the place and kind of dominate. Um, but that would be my star player. So, Adrian? No. So, Cal. Have you got the fixtures in front of you? Who did Japan play first? <laughs> I, I don't have the fixtures in front of me, but I can do in about 20 seconds. Uh, no, if... I, I just think that, you know, it's a, it's an area of the world that we've looked at a lot at, and they have so many good technical footballers. If Japan were to play Costa Rica first and win the game, and then they can go into the second game, and if, if, if it was Spain or Germany, then they could play loose because they've already got three points on the board. I think it's going to be, this for me is a really difficult group because I I think that Spain have the best young team in the tournament. Uh, Germany have opened up now a little bit more and I just think that they are very, very vulnerable. They they can score goals and they you know we all know what Germany are. But I just think that with Pedri and people like that, I think that Spain... But Japan, if they were to play Costa Rica first, I think Japan could make. They it play Germany first, team. I think. Yeah, I, I like they play Germany first. This, this is this is where my USA England group comes into play. I actually have the the, no, the route. The first game is so important. If you, yes. if you if you get three points on the board, then you can go for it a little bit in the second game. And you know, if 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 say Spain were playing Germany and that ends up in a draw, and then you get beat the second game, you're virtually out. It, you right. know, it's 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 Japan have got some really really good players. Now, hey, I if I was betting, you would have to go Spain and Germany. Like for me, I think the biggest underdogs in the tournament are Spain. I think they've sneakily reinvented themselves with a lot of good young players, and I think that they, you know, they 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 might be a dark horse to win to win the whole thing. Uh, yeah, it looks like Japan plays Germany first. That's what I'm saying. So they get beat, then then they, you know, it, it, it it's difficult. But you know, Japan J- Japan will be a very very difficult team to play against. Because they've got really, they're really well organized, incredibly disciplined, incredibly fit, and I've got g- really good technical ability. That's that's going to be a difficult group for the for the for everybody, I think. Uh, let's move on to uh, Group G, shall we? Brazil, Cameroon, Serbia, Switzerland. Brazil and Serbia for me. Uh, Vinicius Junior, the player of the group. Maybe Rafinha either side of. Uh, of the centre forward, the two players I think will cause real problems. Brazil and Serbia for me. Uh, Adrian, what about you for Group G? Um, obviously, Brazil. You know, as always, they they you know they're producing players again now. I think for the first time they're getting really good young players. Um, Vinicius Junior is obviously coming to his, you know, uh, fulfilling what everybody thought he was going to have. They've got the other kid as well, Rodrigo, as he is Rodri plays on the other side. Uh Paquete, who's now signing for signed for West Ham. And yep. you know, I, I always wonder that they haven't really came up with a what I think is a top, top level center forward. 
You know, they've in the past they've had all these great players. I'm not sure Neymar's a number nine, and I don't know where they're going to fit him in. Um, Cameroon, I don't know Cameroon. I don't know this Cameroon. You know, they're, but they're always incredibly athletic. Always come up with a player or so. Switzerland will be well organized. I'm going to go for Brazil, and I'm going to go for Serbia. Serbia will bore everybody to death, but gradually <laughs> wear everybody down and win one nil or and get through that way. Manny, um, well, I'm going to switch it up just because I and I really think this. I think somehow Switzerland's going to get through. Um, you know, they've had a nice era of soccer and they continue to try to keep that era up. I think Brazil is just Brazil. I mean, I, I think they have to be the favorite. And I think um, deep down, they're they're the team that I think will make the run just because it's on neutral site. And they've, my only precedent is they've always seemed to do really well when these, when you have it not in, when it's not in uh, a South America or Europe. Uh, they've won in the US and I think they've won uh, out in Asia. So to me, I think they have to be the favorite hands down for a World Cup that's not in a traditional kind of, uh, soccer continent so to speak so um but to adrian's point I, I don't know if they have the same identity of how they're playing but they have great players right now they have a great yeah. mixture of younger older players they got leaders they got role players uh they I are don't think they've got the best player in the world which at times yeah. they bad haven't they correct you yeah. know whether yeah, yeah. it be ronaldo whether it be R- R- rivaldo you know whether it be zico yeah. they've, they've had Ronaldinho. moments yeah that, you know whether it be romario They've yeah. always had the the guy, and I don't think they've got quite got that this time. Man. You could argue, um, maybe not on the same level as Messi, because we we know Messi's on the level of of being the best ever and best of all time. But it's it's probably just a little bit below in terms of what it means for Neymar if he can help get them a World Cup, um, because you know he his numbers that he's produced for the national team are pretty amazing and pretty impressive. Um, so it's a big World Cup for him to to try to lead this group to a championship. And they haven't won since 2002, right? Right. Yeah, it's a while. It's like, been a while. I mean, you yeah. blink, and that's a long time, 20 years. So um, th- that team will be under a lot of pressure to do well, for sure. Kendra? I'm going Switzerland and Brazil. Who's the who's the guy that plays for Switzerland that um, – is he for Arsenal? Who's the, who is that? The well, there's Roman Jacob. Jacob? Oh, oh, yeah. Jacob, yeah. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like he'll have, you know, just based on what he's done in Premier League. That is. <laughs> no. There's a whole slew of people that could be the case for. Yeah. But I'm going yeah. no no shocker for me, but Brazil and Switzerland, I think Brazil are the, the he's favorite. Another, he's a good leader. I, I will tell you, Kendra, that Arsenal team, Martinelli, for the Brazilian, has been playing really well. Yeah, That's he's true. Well. That's what yeah. makes the World Cup so fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Group H, Ghana, Portugal, South Korea, and Uruguay. I've gone Uruguay and South Korea, uh, which may raise an eyebrow or two. I don't think Portugal are going to get out of the group. Federico Valverde and maybe even Georgian Diarascaeta are my players of the group. Uh, Kendra, let's start with you on this one, shall we? I'm going Portugal, Uruguay, and I, I, but I will have to say, I'm not sure the vibe in Portugal right now. Did anybody see any of the videos that right. were put out from the training session? Ronaldo trying to be up to his old tricks and going up to players, and they just want none of it. They want nothing to do with him. You know, he did that interview just before leaving for the World Cup. Like he's sort of a disaster. So that would be the only thing if they find a way to implode, or he's such a quote cancer to the team that that really, uh, you know hinders Portugal, but I'm going to go Portugal Uruguay for that group. Adrian? Um, I'm going to go probably 
a little bit different here. I'm going to go Uruguay and I'm going to go South Korea. Um, as I say, we, 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 we do a lot of scouting and we, South Korea is an area that we've been looking at quite extensively. I think they are sneakily better than a lot of people think. I think this Portugal team is aging now. I think, you know, if you look at most of them, they've been two and three tournaments. I don't know enough about Ghana, but in, they will be incredibly athletic and we don't know what we're getting. Um, but I think Uruguay have sneakily got a new group together, you know, with uh, Nunes will be leading the line. Valverde. Valverde. Yep. Valverde is the one. And then you've got Betancourt, yep. that thing, it, you know, Jimenez playing centre-back. They, the spine of their team is very, very good again. And, uh, you know, we all worried about Uruguay a few years ago because it seemed like the same team was playing for 10 years. Now, all of a sudden, there's seven or eight names there that probably a lot of people won't recognize. So I think Uruguay, and I'm going to go with South Korea to get out the group. Manny? Well, I'm keeping it boring. I, I have to agree with Adrian here. Um, it's more personal about Portugal. I, I just uh, feel like they'll they'll if they get out of the group, it means they'll slog like they did in the Euros when they had success or defend and Ronaldo will have free kicks and it just will be that kind of, you know, kind of sluggish soccer I don't want to see. So to me, um, I think South Korea is up and coming and uh, we'll have some excitement. And I think Uruguay is, is to Adrian's point, they're just, they, they remind me a little bit of like when I cheer for Mexico, I'm always amazed at um how such a small country, can three million be, people, three million people can be so passionate, so into the sport, but then also can just produce so many, um, you know, great individual superstars. And I love Valverde right now. I think yeah. he's the yeah. next version of a modern, amazing soccer star. So I, I think, um, and Nunes is suddenly, yeah, yeah, sort of coming into a little bit of form at Liverpool, looking like the guy who scored all them goals at, at Benfica. Yeah, yep. Uruguay, they don't know that one that if, if you look at them, Cal. They've they've gradually and sneakily over the last eighteen months, two years, built a new team, and a lot of the younger guys are playing for the best, biggest clubs in the world. So, yeah, they 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 might be somebody to look out yep. for in the later stages. I think. Jordan finishing top of Group H, and uh, I, I agree. I think Valverde is a player that is one to watch over the course of the next couple of years. He's been sensational with Real Madrid. Okay, let's get to Group F before we go to the the dreaded Group B, shall we? Group F is Belgium, Canada, Croatia, Morocco. Uh, star player I've got is Kevin De Bruyne. I don't think there's much debate there. Um, before we get into who we think is going to advance, I I've got Belgium and Croatia. How proud are you both of the fact that one of our own is playing in this group, one of our own in Dane St. Clair with Canada? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll answer both. I've got Belgium and Canada. Um, I'm proud of... Ooh. Yeah, I'm, I'm proud of... of this region, I'm proud of that. Obviously, Canada qualifying for the first time since 1986. I think this is a way more balanced team than it was back then. I think they were just kind of happy-go-lucky to be there. I think Canada was the best team in the CONCACAF uh, qualifying this round. And I think Dane uh, has consistently been called in. He's been consistently improving every year, and, and he certainly has contributed for us here. Uh, and, and to have him on the world cup roster, have him uh, potentially participate. Um, and, you know, I just told Adrian, get out of the group stage is awesome. So to me, um, agree with you. Star player is De Bruyne, no doubt. I think it's a huge world cup for Belgium. I do think they'll be able to make a run. Um, 
I don't know if they have enough defensively to really do, you know, battle in the uh, the second stages when you got to, you know, win every three, four or five days. So, but ultimately, um, I'm excited about this group because of Dane, but also because uh, we have a CONCAF team that I think is on the up, has some nice young players and nice stars, and I think it's going to be a fun, fun group to watch. Uh, Kendra, your thoughts? I'm going Belgium, Croatia um, to advance out of the group. Um, same on Dane St. Clair, and obviously with Crepo going down with a broken leg in the final, um, was heart-wrenching to witness that firsthand and watching Mark DeSantos on the sideline look like he was going to vomit, like he felt so terrible for Crepo having coached him in Vancouver. But I do think at the end of the day, Dane St. Clair has earned a spot regardless of whether that happened or not. We knew he was going. Um, so I'm happy for him in Canada. And uh, But yeah, I've got, I've got Belgium and Croatia going through on this one. Jaffa? Uh, Belgium, Croatia. Um, obviously, the Canada thing is going to be great interest for us all. Obviously, Kyle Laren, you know, we we drafted in Orlando. Keep in touch with him. He's had Christmases with us over the last few years. So, really pleased for them too. Um, I just think that the experience of Croatia and Belgium, not only with the talent they have, but they've been there and seen it and done it all before. It's the last hurrah for Croatia with the likes of Modric and Perisic. You know, that team's been the same, seems like forever. And I think they've, they've, they've come to the conclusion that this is their last time as a group. So I think they'll both get out of it. Um, I think Morocco are going to be better than people think. If you look at the Moroccan team, they're nearly all playing for the biggest, some of the biggest teams in the best leagues in Europe. Um, I think this is a really difficult group to call because you would say that Canada and Morocco are probably, you would think, second tier, but they're, they're both very, very good. They have talent on both of them. So going to be a really difficult group, but if, if I was putting any money on it, I would say Belgium and Croatia will get out. Okay, let's come to that time. Uh, what we'll do is we'll talk about Group B and then we'll ask uh, the analysts here uh, what the final is going to be, who the winner is going to be, and then we'll call it a day because we are in danger of waffling on here and boring the listeners. So uh, let's focus on Group B, shall we? I do have England and the USA getting through. Uh, Jude Bellingham is my player to watch, who I think is going to do very well. But the interesting thing about the US is that we don't know because there's, there's so many ways that Greg Berhalter could go with this. For me, if I was Berhalter going up against England in particular, and maybe Wales on the opening day as well, if they're good to go, I'm going with Rayner and Aronson in the outside positions either side of the centre-forward because of the way that, the, that England in particular, but Wales as well, play with the full-backs. I think there's ways to get in behind there. Um, let, let's focus on, on Group B, shall we? And Kendra, I'll start with you. I've just given what, what I think is, is going to happen um, with regards to England and the US qualifying. I'm assuming you're a similar opinion? Yeah, I think those are the two teams that are going to get through. Um, I think I, I think it'll be a challenge. I'm trying to figure out where the points are going to come from, but I think that they'll lose to England. They'll uh, beat Wales and draw with Iran. That's kind of... And I think that'll be enough to get them out. Um, but I do think that... Uh, 
I guess you stated who you're going to start on the outsides, but then that leaves the questions on who's going to be the center forward and who's going to be central. Is Pelissa going to be central and who's on the outsides? But I, I think there's no really bad options. The fact that we get to argue this about the U.S. roster, it's been a long time since we've, there's been that much quality and depth and there's been some shockers and who was left off. But I would think you have to have Aronson on the field. And my player to watch would probably be a player like him because what he's done for Leeds and he just seems to have no fear. And I love that he plays that way. And um, his energy, his talent, his skill. I enjoy watching him, um, and he seems to stay, knock on wood, relatively healthy. So um, that's that's who I've gone through, and that's who I'm going to keep an eye on for the U.S. team. I think he'll kind of drive a little bit of that team, and I'm nervous about the back line and the center backs. <laughs> Gaffer, um, <laughs> Gaffer I, I am of the opinion that whoever wins that opening game between the USA and Wales is probably going to go through and finish second behind England. And, I, and I'm not being arrogant saying that. I just think England are going to finish top of the group. What, where do your eyes focus? Um, obviously, if England don't win the group, then it's been a disaster. You know that we have we have so much talent at this moment in time, and um, um, a little bit. I'm a little bit concerned. I know people don't think this. I don't know whether we've got enough goals at times. I don't think we score enough goals from wide areas. Um, I think the U.S. Wales game is absolutely huge. We'll decide. I think which one of them goes through. Um, Iran are better than people think. They recently just beat. Uruguay um, so the games are going to be a little bit more difficult than people think but that the US play Wales first yeah yep correct I think that will de determine if it's a draw then I'm not sure where it goes I think that Wales will be better and more, more organized than people in the US think and I, I I just think that England will have too much for the rest of the group Um and as usual, I know that if England win the first game, I will be thinking football's coming home and I will be there again saying that we're going to win it and then get really disappointed when they get knocked out by Germany in the quarters or the semis, which we normally do. But uh, no, it's uh, I think it's a, it's a group that the US have, have really got to think that we can get out of this group. And if they play as well as they can and the better players play well they they are capable of beating wales and iran to get out the group so the two that you have advancing are england and wales wow he went there he did it go on manny <laughs> i know i'm gonna <laughs> get killed again by that but I, I i just think that wales are better than people think cal you know, and I, you know, when I, the, the people I, I speak to all the time here about the World Cup, they, they all think that the US are better than Wales. I, I, you just be careful. That Wales, nearly all of their players play in the Premier League and they're going to be well organized. They're going to be disciplined. And uh, first time in 58 years that they've qualified for the World Cup, I think it's going to be a bit more difficult than people think. Manny? Well, I mean, I, I, it, it hurts me there a little bit that Adrian just says that. I, I think from, the practical side, he's giving probably a good assessment of maybe where the U.S. actually probably is right now in terms of um, our our group and that we don't really have a lot of stars, even though we have some players playing at big clubs. I don't think we have a lot of high-impact current players. We have a high-impact potential. Um, so I, I appreciate his assessment, but I, I think I told you guys this is all about emotion here, and I think, um, I think we have to get out of the group. And I think if we don't, it's okay but we have to learn to get ready for 26. But by learning, I think we have to have people like me kind of be like, I expect us to make a run in this World Cup. I expect this group to become a unit and I expect them to take the adversity of of them playing uh, all over the world and them being young 
and that using that to advantage one way or another, which is what Adrian just said. We have to beat Wales, full stop. Yeah. We just have to. We have to step on the field and we have to put our imprint on the game. Uh, we have to have Greg have a great game plan. We have to have the, the guys in the group be a unit. We have to have them, um, I, I think, take what I think is one of the secret sauces of U.S. soccer, which is our ability to to take that U.S. fighting mentality and then hopefully combine it with more quality than we've ever had. And ultimately, I still think we're a little young and naive, so maybe we won't, but I'm going to give us that we will. And so I think we're going to beat Wales. Um, I think we're going to come back down to earth this time against England. I, I know we got the point, I think, in 2010 in South Africa, which mm-hmm. was, you know, kind of really, to me, a lucky one. Um, and I think we're going to... Who's playing that. center forward for way, uh, for U.S.? Uh, um, <laughs> it's a tough call. I, I think he's going to start with Jesus Ferreira. Um, just because he moves pretty well between the lines, although I didn't think he had a great playoffs, to be honest. Yeah. I think he dipped a little bit. Um, and I think he's just going to really have taken Pepe? I probably would have taken Pepe and Vasquez, to be honest, both mm-hmm. of them for different reasons. Pepe, because yeah. I, I think he just kind of tried to yeah. – $20 million player, and I think Vasquez is a, a body type that you want. Um, I'll tell you the one kid I'm looking really forward to watching and see if he can come through is the kid at Valencia. Is it Musa? Yeah, Eunice Musa. Yes. Oh, my God. I watched him recently yeah. play for Valencia against – I think it was Atletico Madrid. Yeah. Manny, he was the best player on the field. Yeah, great two-way player, powerful, can turn with the ball. I mean, it, it's really about him finding his his kind of value with Tyler. You got one guy yeah. kind of destroys, the other guy can get the ball moving and get it up the field. So kid was huge. 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 And I, I think I, he was the one they missed the most in that last cycle in September when he didn't play. I think that it, he didn't play, and I think it was obvious. He, he can get the ball the halfway in his own off and, yeah. and yeah. very quickly be on the penalty yeah. area at the other end of the field. And he's he's sort of ghosty past two or three people. So I think he, he will need to play well. But for the U.S., that, that game money is everything. Yeah, it's everything. The, yeah. Only, the opening game. If they were yeah. to get three points, then they know that another Maybe another draw even gets them through. Sure. I, I actually think we're going to beat Iran. So I'm, I'm really bullish. I know. I get it. we got six points in my mind. I think I've got it mapped out. We win, lose, win. Um, and then ultimately, Matt Turner. Again, I, I don't know where he's going to end up, but I think he's got the potential to have a great tournament. I think he's just at the right time and place in his career. He played just enough games this fall where he did really well. They're all confidence-building games. You know, he never played a game where I think he lost, and I, I think he had all – I think he he's embracing kind of what the Arsenal kind of vibe was this this, this semester or fall. Um, so I I think he's got the potential to really carry us uh, through the group. Um, I think the interesting one as well, Kyle, and you'll know this is that I don't know why, but a year ago I was really optimistic about England's team. Yeah, and for some reason I'm not at this moment in time. You know, whether it be Harry Maguire. You know, we've lost uh, James. We've lost uh, Kyle Walker's injured. You know, yep. if Harry Kane was to get injured, I, I, I'm not quite sure where we are and what, we, what we're about. But I think Ballingham will be a breakout player. I think he's going to be one of the best players in the world, you know, for an 18-year-old yeah. kid. So it will be interesting. I, I really love Declan Rice. I love soccer. I, I think you do have the structure to do well. But you, you, the other yeah. thing about that group is always going to be the press and, and not – I think the group and the guys in England, unlike France, I think they get more unified and I don't think they have a chance of imploding as much. But I do think the outside pressure of the press oh. does it to them. I like, think you know, I think it's very odd, Manny, for people. Right. Cal will tell you. It's very odd for people outside of England or Britain to understand the pressure that the English national team is under. It's yeah. like nothing else. Yeah. It really I, is. I it's it. like, and 
sometimes they don't cope very well with it. And it's uh, it'll be interesting, but I expect England to get out of the group, obviously. Okay, so final question for you all then. Two teams in the final and the winner. For me, Brazil-France final, Brazil winners. Manny, let's start with you. <laughs> That's just, I mean, I, I, I think... I don't have the brackets to know how they match up. So it's a little bit unfair. I mean, I would love a Brazil Argentina final and I think Brazil wins uh, is my gut, but I don't know if that actually matches up. I don't know how the brackets work. So yeah, I'm not entirely sure the bracket I did had Brazil and Argentina meeting in the semifinal, um, which, which wouldn't be bad anyway. That would be quite the spectacle, but, but so you're ultimately going with Brazil as winners. Yep. I am. Okay. Kendra. I'm the same. I'm going to go with Brazil winning it all, but because uh, I don't have, I mean, I have the bracket in front of me, but not enough to like know which is coming from what. But yeah, I, I'm, I think Brazil is going to win it all. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if it's the same final that you stated. Was it Brazil, France? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked, but I think this will be Brazil's year. Unfortunate for Argentina, I think, but I think it will be Brazil. Adrian? Argentina, France, and I will go Argentina. I think this is Messi's time and he knows that. Uh, I think with the ensemble he's got around him, he's got really, really good players. The World right? Cup history of Argentina and France is amazing. I, I've got a lot of gray hair. Uh, the the, the <laughs> yeah. games in the 80s. Yeah. The game in, was it 2018? Was there, yeah. I hate saying it Great as well. Funny. I hate France. I hate the French. <laughs> and, uh, you know, maybe. I'd rather it be Messi and Argentina winning it all. I, I prefer that. I think that I... I don't know why, but I, but for some reason I feel it's going to be Brazil. Yeah, yeah. would agree. Would it'll agree. Be, okay. It will be if if we get one of them two in the final, it'll be a proper final. Yeah, and I, and I really do hope one of the countries that we didn't talk about makes a run. I mean, ultimately, mm-hmm. I think um, Spain are going to do really well, money. Yeah, but they're still one of the big boys. I mean, they still no, have. But they, yeah, I, I bet you couldn't name off the side. No, you're right. Oh yeah, for like, sure. Yep. You know, you had 20 years where you could name Spain's team. Yeah, because it was off Barcelona yeah. and off Real Madrid. Now. You know, they're, they're picking these young kids. And I, I just think they if, if they come together at the right time and play with a lot of freedom, I think Spain could be really difficult to beat. Can't wait. Uh, the biggest event sport has to offer. We're recording this on Wednesday. The Men's World Cup starts in just four days. All this has made it a bit more real for me now. So, guys, thank you very much indeed for the chat. Really appreciate it. My thanks to Manny Lagos, to Adrian Heath, and to Kindred D. St. Aubin, our expert button pressers, Drake Rodero, and, uh, of course, uh, Grace Dearson as well. And for you at home listening, enjoy the FIFA World Cup. We'll speak to you very, very soon. You've been listening to the Sound of the Loons podcast, presented by Alina Health Orthopedics.